Aini. Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. As-salamu alaykum, my dear brothers and sisters. And once again, Ramadan Mubarak. This is your brother, Abdul Mustaqir Muhammad. Thanking Allah for allowing us to partake in this blessed fast of Ramadan. We want to thank each and every one of you and welcome you once again to the Ramadan prayer line. The Ummah reflects. Thank you for joining us this morning. And we pray that our time together will aid us all and benefit us as we grow in believers in Allah. We thank Allah for our guest speaker yesterday, dear brothers and sisters, Brother Sheikh Ibrahim Sise, who spoke to us about the night of power, the night in which the Quran was revealed to our beloved Prophet, peace be upon him, Muhammad. It is believed to be on the odd night. Brothers and sisters, we thank Allah that he revealed such a magnificent book as Quran through his beautiful servant, Muhammad, peace be upon him. And that while we are here in America, we are able to read such a beautiful book as Quran. We thank Allah for our guest speaker yesterday, Brother Ibrahim Sise. We thank Allah for our guest speakers today to take us further into our program and give us our historic perspective is our beloved brother and friend, Brother Abdul Akbar Muhammad, Brother Akbar. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger and servant. I'm honored to be back on this program. I just want to say to Brother Shaheed, as he's calling that prayer, he stirs my soul. I don't know about yours, but Allah has blessed him to hit the right note, if that's what you call it, that moves and touches all of us, prepares us for fasting, and to hear his beautiful voice, it touches me every day. It reminds me of some of the stories that I have with the minister. The minister stirs people's soul. There is no doubt about it, whether they be Muslim or other. But I thank Allah that I'm on this line this morning. I pray, Allah, that uh, what we have prepared for you is something that you can share with your children that I think is very important, and the other members of your family. In 1970, there was a very famous prison in New York called Sing Sing. Most people know it, and they know it uh, by a man named Willie Sutton. Willie Sutton was a bank robber. He was a Class A bank robber. One day after he was captured, somebody asked him, uh, Mr. Sutton, why do you rob banks? And he answered, because that's where the money is. And uh, But he went on and got captured. But the prison that he was known for was Sing Sing. Sing Sing is an Indian name. And the people who lived in the town, wherever they would travel, and they would say, where are you from? He would say, Sing Sing. They say, you from prison? 
And so the people of the town of Sing Sing decided to change the name. They changed it to Otney, New York. And they kept it like that from 1970 to 1985. Then they changed it back to Sing Sing. But during the time that it was these different names, there were a lot of prisoners. Right now, they have 1,300 prisoners in the jail and more continuously going. But the beautiful part about it is that Islam has spread from Sing Sing, as they called it, all over the prison systems throughout the state of New York, and this one being the main one. Our ministers who studied under Minister Farrakhan in New York, most of them were preparing to go into prison because that's where all of the people were, the inmates were, and he, in there they could teach them about the nation, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, uh, which they really, when they went in, they did not know. The minister uh, went there one time, and uh, it's amazing. I can remember it almost like it's yesterday. And um, there was a lot going on at the mosque and a lot of uh, problems and so forth. So we drove. It's 40 miles from New York City. We drove, and it's on the Hudson. It sits on a beautiful site on the Hudson River. And we drove up, and the minister went to the rostrum. The Muslim brothers there were able to get a sheet and cover the uh, crudely made rostrum for the minister to teach from. And uh, his subject was all is vanity. Unbelievable subject. And quite naturally, when the minister teaches that hard on a subject, you try to find out in your own mind what's going on and what is he handling at that time. He was handling so much. But all his vanity was that subject. And that stuck with us all of these years as the minister was helping the inmates. The brothers and sisters who were incarcerated in New York, which was one of the largest prison populations in the country, always wanted to seek a way to better conditions and things for the prisoners. Um, during that time, one of the writers, a brilliant little brother, um, they called him Brother Sterling, ex-Hobbs. And Brother Sterling um, was writing in peace on Minister Farrakhan because of his popularity in New York when he was transferred there. And uh, Sterling wrote a piece for Sepia Magazine, a beautiful piece. And when they asked me about Sterling's piece, some people want to criticize it and say he should never say the minister prettier than Marvin Gaye. Um, but those were small things compared to the impact of that magazine and where it went. But what it showed me as I read it and listened to my brother, he worked for me in the bookstore, it showed me what was inside of him for his minister and what it meant to him. And when you have something in you that impacts people and means something to you, you can listen and you can hear it. This was an unbelievable article. Uh, it may be still available someplace in collectors or maybe at Schomburg, but you should read it. And what it says about Sterling is that he loved the minister. He saw the power of the minister's um, teaching 
and his power of persuasion when it comes to people taking a second look at Islam. So I wanted to mention him because he's still incarcerated. It's been a long time, nearly 40 years. Then while he was in prison, he wrote another book called Black Angels. And it's a novel, but it's an unbelievable novel, mainly about five percenters. But he wrote that book also showing his love for his nation and whatever he could offer and help with what he had in terms of knowledge of the nation. And uh, he did an excellent job. I pray Allah will bless him to come home soon. In our prison program in New York, which was extensive because we prepared buses to take people upstate to the many prisons uh, scattered across the state of New York and many. And uh, we were able to touch, I believe, every one of them on both sides of the Hudson all the way up to Nanamore, which is right at the border of Canada. And we went into these prisons to rescue our brothers so that when they come out, they will not be a revolving door. When I used to go to the prison, I used to leave them with a song that they had to fight for what they want. They had to fight for their freedom. They had to clear themselves. And um, there's a song by a jazz musician. And the song goes, there I go, there I go, there I go. And it's about the brothers going back to prison. He gets out, he stays out a while, and circumstances put him back in there. And he go, leaves the streets saying, there I go, there I go, there I go again. Back to prison to do more time. But this is uh, a part of the work that Allah blessed us to do in New York. There was an organization called the East in Brooklyn, headed by G2YUC, the giant, that means, in the African language. But G2YUC did the same thing. He built a school, uh, the East in Brooklyn, a lot of the conscious black brothers and sisters who did not want to send their children um, to the public school. Um, He built it. He printed books. He invited the mothers to participate and help him in the school. Uh, Allah took him, but he was a beautiful brother. Before he left, he visited me in Africa. And what he wanted to do is what he found in the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And a brother like our brother, Minister Farrakhan, he found that they could be brothers and friends and helpers of each other in the same cause. It was a very beautiful gathering. And even when we begin the um, Black Solidarity Day, we were able to work together. And it's very important with the struggle that our people have right now that we find a way not to argue with each other, not to say my way is the best way. If you don't go my way, take the highway. No, it's not about that at all. It's about us getting along with each other and finding that common denominator that will keep us together and working together for the sake of our children and the future of our people. So I wanted to mention that because the minister uh, loved the brother, worked with him uh, all the time. If there was a project that the minister could be helpful, the minister never hesitated to step forward and help our brothers in what they were doing for their school and their family and their children. 
And may Allah bless those brothers, Sonny Carson and all of those brothers. You know, the uh, thing about the jealousy and envy, it takes you nowhere. But if you find that we all have differences, but if you find that common denominator, if you find a way that we can work together to help our people who are struggling and who are really in deep trouble right now as the world moves on. So I thank you for this uh, morning. I thank you for this Ramadan. I thank our brothers and sisters who work with it. Uh, Sister Nisa, we give you special credit because we hold the fort down when things may go wrong. You make sure that we keep it intact and that the spirit of this Ramadan, what is a blessing for all of us is to know that our minister listens to the program and enjoys the program. If you can make a man that works that hard and a man who looks out for a nation, if you can make him smile, bring a smile to his face, do a good deed um, to help him in the tremendous burden that God has put on his shoulder and the ability to carry it. Thank you. May Allah bless you. Ramadan Mubarak. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you, Brother Akbar. Assalamu alaikum. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness there is no God but Allah. I bear witness Muhammad is his messenger. Well, believers, we are trying to bring you every morning something new and something different. And we've heard from people in Turkey and the situation that's happening in Turkey. And we also brought to you a brother from Iran. And so in keeping with us trying to understand the whole world of Islam, we have something this morning called Poems from Palestine. And so we have two poets that are going to be speaking this morning. The first one is Tuba Hussein, and the other one is Remy Kanaza. Poets, go right ahead. This poem is an open letter to Palestine. I wrote it in the wake of protests over George Floyd's murder, which coincided with the annual pillaging of Masjid al-Aqsa in Ramallah. This is at a time when the unity between the Black Liberation Movement and the Free Palestine Movement was at its peak. I was asked to write this poem by the Farhats, a Palestinian-American family from New Jersey who I grew up with. As someone who is not Palestinian, it was an honor to be able to join in a movement that resonates in the hearts and minds of people across the globe and right here at home. I dedicate this to them. This is Dear Palestine. They say there are children in Gaza. I ask where. They say check beneath the rubble. For fingers sprouting like wilted flowers in a dead sea, say to the white and blue, if only you knew. There are keys to this land that are older than you, lands where Zatir once grew, where shadows dance, where east met west, where the mirage was set, where Fatayr and Feiruz met Sunday mornings. Now follow the fires. Follow the smoke-filled masajid and the poisoned waters. Check the checkpoints where colonizers point guns in the mouths of children too small to pronounce the word intifada. Check the schools made of furniture blown to bits. Check the cracks in the wall where sunlight is the only thing they let in a siege so suffocating it reminds us we can't breathe. That resistance is a language universal, from Ferguson to Beit Hanin, from D.C. to Palestine, bodies become battleground when one terrorist group trains another. When child is ripped from mother, and if he resists because he is human, then tase him. Because nothing about this is sacred, this is occupation. 
This is damned if you left and damned if you stayed. This is lost birthdays and unmarked graves. This is West births the issues, and it is always your people who pay in their body, blood, and tears. This is when you have nothing. There is nothing to fear. This is not knowing whether you'll wake up to the Adan or bombs. This is what 3.8 billion U.S. dollars looks like. This is erasure. This is rock and slingshot and Molotov. This is your people will never be erased. So let your anthem ring for the world to hear and don your colors with pride green for your grandmother's olive trees that they raised red for your uncle's spilled blood in the shallow graves, white for the light that the martyrs see before uttering their last words. La ilaha illallah, Palestine, black for the janazas they didn't let you pray for the Nakba and for your ancestors who stayed because this is catastrophe. This is what happens when tank meets stone, when family is thrown from generational home, when flesh is ripped from human bone, when sunrise is greeted with the hum of drones, when worshippers are tossed from under the dome, because this is unsalvageable. This is a violent and unforgiving taking, and maybe I'm mistaken, but I missed the part where there were two sides to genocide and war crimes were justified because U.S. politicians make ethnic cleansing appear sanctified. I guess anything goes in this country when it's attached to a dollar sign, dear Palestine. Know that the people have taken your side and we are here until the smoke clears, until black and white is worn only for brides, until echoes of your revolution have transcended both river and sea, until you and your children and your children's children can finally breathe, until the siege is lifted, until the walls collapse. Know that no matter how many times they try to rewrite the maps, this is your mother's land. This is yours alone from Rafah to Ramallah. From Nablus to Al-Quds, know that the fire inside is one they can never extinguish. Know that this land runs in your soul and blood as you take to the streets chanting Biruah Adam. Know that they cannot shackle your rage. They cannot rape your resistance. They cannot murder this movement even if they tried. Let them know that the old are still with us and the young have not forgotten dear Palestine. Know that no matter how many villages they burn, we are in this and we will resist until you and your children and your children's children can finally return and you will return. I never knew death until I saw the bombings of a refugee camp. Craters filled with disfigured elbows and spotted torsos, but no sign of a face, the only impression, a fading scream. I never understood pain until a seven-year-old girl clutched my hand, stared up at me with soft brown eyes waiting for answers, and I didn't have any. I had dry pens in my back pocket that couldn't fill pages of understanding or resolution, and her other hand she held the key to her grandmother's house, but I couldn't unlock the cell that Kate showed her brothers. They said we send shot dreams so the other side will feel our father's presence. A craftsman built homes in areas where no one was building, and when he fell, he was silent. A 50 caliber bullet tore through his neck, shredding his vocal cords, too close to the wall. His hammer must have been a weapon. He must have been a weapon. 
encroaching on settlement hills and demographics. So his daughter studies mathematics. Seven explosions times eight bodies equals four congressional resolutions. Seven Apache helicopters times eight Palestinian villages equals silence in a second knockbuck. Our birth rate minus their birth rate equals one sea and 400 villages re-erected. One state plus two peoples and she can't stop crying. Never knew revolution or the proper equation. Tears at the pages with their fingertips, searching for answers, but only have teachers. Looks to the sky and sees stars of David demolishing squalor with hellfire missiles. She thinks back words and memories of his last hug before he turned and fell. Now she pumps dirty water from wells while settlements divide and conquer, and her father's killer sits beachfront with European vernacular. She thinks back words while they think back words of obscene notions and indigenous confusion. This is our land, she said. She's seven years old. This is our land, she said. And she doesn't need history books or a schoolroom teacher. She has these walls, this guy, her refugee camp. She doesn't know the proper equation, but she sees my dry pens, no longer waiting for my answers, just holding her grandmother's key, searching for ink. Wow. All praises are due to Allah. Thank you, Brother Toba Hussein and Sister Remy Kanazi. Poems for Palestine. All praises are due to Allah. Brothers and sisters, we will now ask our brother to give us the hadith of the day, Brother Jaleel. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Brother Musaka. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all of those that we gathered together this morning for the Ramadan prayer line, the Ummah Reflects. Know for certainty, brothers and sisters, in gathering together this morning, a tremendous bounty is being bestowed on all of us. Because Allah says that if you remember him, he will remember you. And all of us need Allah to remember us. And an authentic hadith, the Prophet ﷺ tells us that when people are gathered together, the servants of Allah are gathered together to remember Allah, that angels go around recording our names, letting it be known to their Lord, letting it be known to Allah, our Lord, that there are those that have gathered together for that purpose. So don't lose sight of the fact. Don't dismiss this as being some small thing. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah. We praise Allah. We thank Allah. We seek Allah's help. We seek Allah's help from the consequences of our bad deeds, and we seek Allah's forgiveness. We search out His forgiveness. Whomever Allah guides, no one will be able to misguide that person. Whomever Allah allows to be misguided, no one will guide that person aright. I testify that there is nothing worthy of worship but Allah. Now bear witness that Muhammad ibn Abdullah is the servant and messenger of Alayhi Salatu Salam. The most truthful words is the book of Allah. And the best guidance comes from the Rasulullah Alayhi Salatu Salam. Every made up thing in the religions are going astray, and every going astray leads to the hellfire. May Allah protect us, may Allah protect us, may Allah protect us. I mean. During the time of the Prophet Sallallahu as you well know, he had many companions many companions and each companion was distinct in their characteristics and that which they embodied some was forceful as we spoke about Kaaba bin Walid some were knowledgeable like Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu 
some was noble, some were tenacious, and some were not a, Salmon, the prophet, a prophet, the Salmon, the companion of the prophet, Solomon. Many characteristics they had. But I want to speak about the characteristic of wisdom of the companion Rabia ibn Kaba. He was a noble companion of the Prophet but he was extremely poor, extremely poor. So much so, dear brothers and sisters, that he lived in the house of Allah, in the masjid there. And he was so poor that he only had one set of clothes. He was so poor that he couldn't afford to get married. But he was noble and he was wise. And he set out to be a servant of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, at his beck and call, coming to his aid, coming to his service, and anything the Prophet wanted, our brother and your brother, Rabia, was there to service the needs, wants, and desires of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Prophet came to love Rabia with all of his heart because of, because of his noble manners and his excellent service to him and the religion of Islam. So one day the Prophet asked him, Ya Rabia, ask me anything that you want, anything that you want, ask me. Rabia exercised wisdom and thought about it for a moment. And he looked at the Messenger of Allah and said, Can you give me some time to think about that? And the Prophet said, Nam, yes, I'll give you time. So Rabia went back to the mosque and prayed and worshiped to Allah and dickered Allah and pondered over what he wanted to ask the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu And he looked at his state of affairs and saw that he was destitute. And he was thinking about asking for something of the world. And he rebuked himself immediately, their brothers and sisters, and thought of the wise choice of asking him something that was not dunya-related, not worldly-related. So he saw the Messenger of Allah the next day, and the Prophet asked him, have you thought about it? Have you pondered over what you want to ask me for? And Rabia said, yes, I have. And he said, what is it? He said, oh, dear Messenger of Allah I want to be your companion in paradise. I want to be your friend in paradise. The Prophet said, ah, Rabia, I have no control over that. In fact, I have no control over good coming to me, nor harm coming to me. Can you ask me of anything else? He said, you ask me to, ask, you ask me to request from you what I wanted from you. That's what I want. 
the Prophet said, are you sure that's what you want? He said, yes. He said, I will make dua for you to get that, but help me to help you for your sake. He said, okay. He said, if you really want that, if you really want that, I beseech you to make as much prostration to Allah as you possibly can. Stay in the service of the Salat. Make as much prostration to Allah, beseeching Allah for that noble, wise request of yours. And when Rabia heard this, dear brothers and sisters, though he was a man of the Salat already, he increased his Salat. He increased his Salat to epic proportions. He stayed in the face of Allah by placing his head on the ground, beseeching Allah for the noble blessings to come his way and the ultimate blessing of Jannah and the favor of being the companion of the Prophet Sallallahu in Jannah. I asked Allah for us to exercise that type of wisdom. He could have asked for a red camel. And in that time, dear brothers and sisters, a red camel would be like asking for a tricked-out rainbow. But no, he asked the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu to allow him to be in this instant. of us is to have this fortitude. That type of wisdom, that type of honor, because it's honorable to ask of such a weighty, weighty request. Oh, Allah, bless us to be of those type men and women. Help us, Allah, to be companions of the Prophet Sallallahu In another hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu said, you will be with the one you love in the next life. Make us to love the messenger of Allah, O oh Allah, and make us to love those that were around him, for they were the best of the companions. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum salam, Brother Jaleel. Thank you for the hadith of the day. We will now ask our sister, Sister Nisa, to give us a fast fact in the Nisa report. Sister Nisa. As-salamu alaykum again. Our fast fact of the day is the mention of Allah's name has opposite effects on the hearts of believers and hypocrites. How do you feel when you hear Allah's name? What goes through your mind? Does your heart quicken? Do you get excited? The Quran says when the believers hear the mention of Allah's name, their heart is filled with joy. Is your heart filled with joy when you hear Allah's name? However, when the hypocrites hear Allah's name, they grow resentful and irritated. Allah says in the Quran, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, when Allah alone is mentioned, the hearts of those who do not believe in the hereafter shrink with resentment. But when those other than him are mentioned, they become filled with joy. Quran, Surah 39, Ayah 45. That verse is from Jews 23. Later in this surah, we are reminded about Allah's infinite mercy in the verse of hope. This powerful verse reminds us that no matter what sins we have committed, it really doesn't matter what we have done. We can still repent and receive Allah's mercy and guidance as long as we repent before our time is up. And believe me, believers, even mercy has its limits. Our time sometimes is just up. My frequent reminder is that it's not too late to turn around and go in another direction. Believers, it is not too late. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Say, O oh my servants who have transgressed against themselves, 
Do not despair of Allah's mercy, for Allah forgives all sins. He is indeed the forgiver, the clement. And turn to your Lord and submit to him before the retribution comes upon you. Then you will not be helped and follow the best of what was revealed to you from your Lord before the punishment comes upon you suddenly while you are unaware. Surah 39, Ayah 53 through 55. So the reading for today also reminds us that no excuses will be accepted on the last day from those who willingly reject the truth. We cannot blame fate or ask for second chances. This life is our one chance to earn the mercy of Allah. Allah says in the Quran, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Rahim, so that a soul may not say, how sorry I am for having neglected my duty to Allah and for having been of the scoffers, or say, had Allah guided me, I would have been of the pious. Or say, when it sees the penalty, if only I had another chance, I would be of the victorious. Quran 39, so, so Surah 39, Ayah 56 through 58. Our fast fact of the day is, dear Muslims, the mention of Allah's names has opposite effects on the hearts of believers and hypocrites. Choose wisely. Who will you be? Welcome to all our listeners from around the world. Countries include Australia, Antigua, and Senegal. Since the beginning of Ramadan, there have been over 160,000 downloads of the podcast. I will repeat that amazing number again. Over 160,000 downloads of the podcast. That number is mind-boggling. We thank Allah over and over for the opportunity to serve. Thank you for listening. Islam is not the problem. Islam is the answer. As-salamu alaykum. Rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum salam, Sister Nisa. Thank you. Thank you for the fast facts in the Nisa report. All right, brothers and sisters. We came in and we're coming around that corner now. We're going down the home stretch. And as Sister Nisa said, it's not too late. If we fell down or hit our knee, just get back up, brothers and sisters. Let's keep going. I know, we hit them walls sometimes, but let's keep going. I'll read it for today, day 23. We're on chapter 36 through uh, chapter 36, verse 28, through chapter 39, verse 31. Surah 36, ayat 28, through Surah 39, ayat 31. And as we close our program, we will ask our brother once again, will he bless us as he always does in closing us with prayer? Brother Shaheed. Assalamu alaikum, dear Muslims. Let us close with prayer. Kul a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Alhamdulillahir rabbil alamin. الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إقدنا السرات المستقيم سرات الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين. Say, I seek refuge in the Lord of the dawn. 
from the evil of that which he has created and from the evil of intense darkness when it comes and from the evil of those who cast evil suggestions and firm resolutions and from the evil of the envier when he envies. Amen. I mean, thank you, Brother Shahid. Thank you for your prayers with us today. Brothers and sisters, as we close, we want to thank Allah for our guest speakers today. Sister Toba Hussein, Esquire, we thank you for your powerful words with us. And Brother Remy Kanazi, thank you, dear brother, for your powerful words about the seven-year-old girl. I thank you for bringing to our mind and remembering us, reminding us of what's taking place in Palestine. On behalf of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Executive Council of the Nation of Islam, we thank you, Brother Minister, and your family for all that you have done and are doing in spreading this word of Islam. And I agree with Brother Akbar. We could do anything to ease a man that works that way. I'd love to see the smile on your face, those things that make you happy. We may, may Allah continue to bless you and your family for all that you have done and are doing behalf of the Executive Council, we thank Allah for each and every one of you for what you have done, you and your family, and are doing to spread this mighty word of Islam. We thank Allah. To the ministers and imams that are spreading this word of Islam, we thank Allah for you and your families. And I say, you know what I'm going to say, ministers and imams, teach hard. But also I want to say to the believers, and the brothers especially, let us protect our houses of worship today. Let us make sure that the believers are safe. Somewhere in that Quran and our Islamic teaches us to watch as well as pray. But we're not having people come in doing things when we are there. Let us make sure we are on post. All praises are due to Allah now on behalf of my co-host, Brother Akbar, Sister Nisa, Brother Jalil, and Brother Shaheed. And on behalf of we, each and every one of you that are on these lines, let us leave you, or let me leave you as we came to you with the greeting words of peace. Inshallah, we'll be talking again tomorrow. Assalamu alaikum.
Well, I... 